Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. It's bringing up Fox News shit. Why is it doing that? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I knew it. And you're over here calling yourself a leftist. I just pretend. I'm just pretending to be a leftist. You're wolves in sheep's clothing. Welcome to Libservative. Uh, I guess this is Bourbon Banter 16.0, but Corey is uh, Corey's going on vacation this week, so we're calling it. We're, we're making sure we get a show in this week. We're calling it the Sunday special, and it's perfect timing. Uh, it's the surprise Sunday special show. Surprise Sunday special. Surprise! Show. Can't leave out the surprise part. He's Corey Heck Walsh. No, you can't. Heck no, you can't. And uh, he is Dan Griffin. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> uh, I just realized I wasn't recording on the hard recorder, but that's okay. We're good to go. We had after our technical difficulties, we have to make sure we have like sixteen recordings before uh, we actually, you know, start the show, right? Just to make sure one of them actually works. And uh, we are live on Twitch and Facebook, just so you know. Fantastic! And where can the people find us on Twitter, Corey Walsh? We are at Libservative Pod on Twitter, and the same as Libservative Pod on Instagram. We're on Libservative. We're just at Libservative on Facebook, and our WordPress, where you can find our monologues, is uh, Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. You know what I was thinking today? You know how uh, Facebook is rebranding itself as Meta? The Metaverse. To, to try and get the Metaverse going. I think Twitter should rebrand itself as the cesspool. Just call itself the cesspool. The echo chamber. Because <laughs> that's all it is. It's just a, a cesspool of people that have no way they don't I don't even think they know what the definition of the word nuance is and then they'll say when you when you go on and you say well, hey this is a really nuanced thing they'll go hey there's that buzzword again nuance just say nuance whenever you want and then it explains everything away <laughs> or uh, what's the, what's what's the other one they like to use uh, when you when you claim somebody's virtue signaling oh yeah when you don't agree with something just say the other side's virtue signaling yeah they're just gaslighting <laughs> And I had a guy telling me that he's talking about hypocrisy in politics, and he's like, "Hypocrisy is hypocrisy. It's nothing to do with politics. It's like it has everything to do with politics." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Facebook and Twitter both like it's if you don't actively try to break the algorithmic like bubbles that it forces you into, you easily fall into just these little echo chambers. Like, as example, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Ah, uh, yeah. Had to open with that. I figured Kyle was, Kyle was acquitted. And you know what's funny is like people that on all charges. And, and and you know what? You know what's really funny about that is like people that were rooting for him to be acquitted. And honestly, I thought he I should I thought I thought he should have been acquitted based on the evidence of I the, called it a year ago. But I called but it a year is, ago. The thing is people have gotten have have taken this trial so personally that the people that are on the on the in the Rittenhouse camp they're just referring to him by his first name now. <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> on social media? They're just like, "Yeah, Kyle was acquitted." Like they're like it's like they're like it's. Yeah, really yes. <laughs> you know Kyle, right? To me and him go way back. <laughs> before, we before we dig too deep into it, Corey, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got some more Knob Creek. I got a little bit of a, a head cold going on. Don't worry, it's not COVID. There are other colds that go around that you know of. That <laughs> don't tell the the masses that everyone's gonna freak out. Yeah. I have none of the symptoms. 
I was coughing. If you if you have anyone noticed on the episode on Thursday, I was coughing a little bit. That quickly subsided. Now it's just in my head. I got a little bit of pressure. I can still taste. I can still smell. I don't have any of the other symptoms. I don't have a fever. I was literally outside yesterday from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. putting up Christmas lights because that's my little... And, uh, yeah, pretty sure it's pretty sure it's not COVID, short of a test. But you know how many goddamn times I've had that, that swab so stuck many, up my nose? There are so many people that would listen to this and tell you you are a huge piece of shit. For not going and getting tested, Corey Walsh. I probably should. Especially since it's just, not maxed. I know. But it's like, ugh, Damn, I mean, anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Don't you spread that. Th- okay, what are you, the, you the, some left-stream media now? Just spreading <laughs> narratives? <I'm> just, <laughs> no, I'm le- just legitimately challenging you, just like Jake Tapper does. Yeah, uh, in just good like, faith? Just like, just like Don Lemon, in good faith. <laughs> Don Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Wolf Blitzer. I don't even think Wolf knows where he is anymore. No, it's so funny. In the like new uh, Larry King, he comes off as so stoic and smart, but then when you saw him on Jeopardy, <laughs> he's not that smart. We have, he has no idea where he is. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm lost. What is it? I'm confused. I don't know where I am. Him and Joe Biden just wandered around. College football fans will appreciate this. It's like uh, like Wolf Blitzer, Joe Biden, and uh, Lee Corso are in like the same <laughs> of people. Lee Corso has no fucking clue what game he's even uh, calling in. <laughs> no Kirk Herbstreet has to tap him on the shoulder and be like, "Put on this head, dude. You know what? You, this is this is the right head. No, nope, wrong head. Don't put that head on. You know he's the guy in the, during the pregame show, Corey, that like puts the college football mascot heads on to make his picks and waves at everybody. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, I know you're talking about. I can picture his face. He kind of looks. He has like a Mel Brooks esque look to him. Definitely has a Mel Brooks esque look. To him. <laughs> And the, the, the shitty part about Wolf is, I think he's significantly younger than both of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, sports, the sports industry is a lot harder partying, I guess, than the, the elite industry. No, I'm, I'm talking about Wolf Blitzer. I think Wolf is way younger than Lee Corso. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you sell your soul. Hey, Siri, how old is Wolf Blitzer? Oh, uh, she didn't. She didn't speak into the mic. But he's seventy three, so he's not that much younger, I guess. Yeah, I uh, guess Wolf, not. Wolf looks good for seventy three. What can we say? I just want to say real quick. Look at my uh, recording level or recording uh, ninety eight oh, percent, ninety nine. Look at look. that. We're, we're doing well. Two weeks in a row, boys and girls. We had some serious technical issues on my end of this ridiculous podcasting. We still got last recording. week's show out, so it was okay. We did. We did. Thanks to the metaverse. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you, Zucks. That's the last time you'll hear me say that. Yeah, maybe if we put that in the show description, you might favor the algorithms and let more people see the show. Corey, Kyle Rittenhouse and Andrew Coffey the Fourth verdicts are in. And now I, know, both... I, know half, I know half the people in the, listening to this are going, who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so Andrew Coffey. So first off, let's just say uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, by a jury of his peers, who were given tangible evidence, not media narratives, found Kyle Rittenhouse not of murders, and they found that he, it was self-defense. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up the Andrew Coffee thing. Uh, Even you yeah. have to pull it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just said page not found for some reason. I had the link right here. It's the damn media. They're coming after us, Dan. I know. I, know. <laughs> I can't even yeah, find the goddamn so, show on Facebook Live right now. I can't even fucking find it. So as soon as as soon as uh Kyle Rittenhouse was let go, you saw the uh the media or not the, but yeah, the media and the Twitter people and everyone else immediately jumped to the conclusions that oh it's it's racism you know it's uh he's a white supremacist this is the way the court system works and it's just it's this baffling to America. me this is white because, America right he's a white man that shot white people first off <laughs> and then the right side is holding him up as some hero wanting statues painted of him which is also just as mind numbing and stupid he's no hero he's just no criminal you know, and uh, it's just it's it's just the bending over backwards that I see from people that are trying to defend this guy. Like like I said, like he's some saint, like Saint Kyle Rittenhouse. Let's put up some murals of him, or he's like the most devilish person in the world. Is absolutely insane to me when all he really did, according to the law in Wisconsin, objectively was defend himself. Now you can say, well, if he was, but you know, you hear some people say he was black, then that case might not have gone that way, which I won't ever argue that could in fact be true in most cases. But does that make Kyle Rittenhouse any more guilty? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make him personally racist either. Um, you know what I mean? I don't know if he is or not. I don't know the kid. You know, I don't pretend to like the right does all of a sudden. Everyone's like, uh, you're yeah. saying, <laughs> was like, oh, you know, Kyle, that's their Kyle. buddy, Kyle. Hey, Kyle, um, what's up, man? What's up, Kyle? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, he defended himself. He's no hero. Yeah, he's no hero. He just, he defended himself and a jury of his peers found that that was the case. Now, when people are trying to play the race card, you know, like, and like, this is, if this isn't the example of the media narratives of people, tr- of them trying to cause divisiveness for sensationalism to get revenue, like pull to their sites and their, and their channels for money within hours of that same day, this is on uh, tcpalm.com. It's uh it looks like it's a uh, Indian river County. I'm not exactly what TC Palm is. It looks like it's just another news article. It looks like it's a local, uh, News outlet. Jury acquits Gifford man who claims self-defense after girlfriend killed was killed by sheriff's SWAT team in 2017 raid. So a man named Andrew Coffey, the fourth, 27, was found not guilty of second-degree felony murder and three counts of attempted first-degree murder of a law enforcement officer by discharging a firearm and one count of shooting and throwing a deadly missile. Which I'm not exactly sure what he threw. I don't know that part. <laughs> It could have he been just lobbing missiles. Just an old bowling trophy. He just his fire right. over his shoulder. Right. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. That missile is such a broad term. But yeah. So a black man was just found not guilty of actually killing police officers who busted into his home unannounced in 2017, and he got into a firefight with them. And I think he actually killed one of the officers. 
And then the officers actually killed his uh, girlfriend, Alteria Woods, of 21, died during the raid after being struck by 10 bullets fired by a SWAT team member, including one shot that entered her chest. Just uh, before you get too far into that, before I forget what I was going to say, which is, if you're on the left, how do you explain that away? Because I tell you how I would explain it away if I had a woke mind. I would say, well, that's California. I think it's California. It says Vero Beach. Um, it could. Is it, oh, but maybe where's it's Indian California. River? Let's make sure we get our shit right. Yeah, Indian River County. Where's that? Indian River County. I think it's Florida. Vero Beach oh, might okay, actually be Florida all too. Right, all right, I, I, t- I take it back. I t- if it was Flor- if it was Florida, I definitely take it back. It's a uh, yeah, Vero Beach. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. No, this is actually in Florida, a red state. This isn't California. This is Florida. That even makes it solidifies it even more. You know, you know, you know what you know what I find so interesting about this is because I, you know I've I've been seeing people sharing you know the Occupy Democrats and the the Young Turks and uh, you know some of the other more uh, illiberal left is what I like to call them uh, publications uh, with with regards to uh, Kyle Rittenhouse and what what I have. What I have noticed is that you can't explain this thing to them because I have had conversations with people that would consider themselves on the right, right? And when I talk to them about Kyle Rittenhouse and about Ahmaud Arbery and about some of the others, those are the two big ones right now, obviously. Almost everyone that I've talked to, even that, even that consider themselves on the right, say that they think that the people who murdered Ahmaud Aubrey should be convicted and Kyle yep. Rittenhouse should go free. And yeah. I agree with that. Even as a leftist, is that okay? Does that make me, am I, am I out of the club now? Because I say that. It depends if, if you're in an occupied Democrats group, they would say, yeah, <laughs> that page no is something allowed. else. You're yeah, no you just... longer a leftist. I'm out of the club now, I guess. You're out of the I, club. Because like, why do, they, why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Like, why can't they both be true? Why can't one was a group of racist assholes that literally went out and murdered a black man, and one was a a, a, a young kid that I'm not going to say, and and you you're with me on this too, Corey. I'm not going to say he did nothing wrong that night, right? Like he's an we both agree he's an idiot. Yeah, for being. He yeah, 17 years old running around with a gun. I get your well, intentions he, are good. Being you know, stupid doesn't make you a murderer. Right. You, yeah, just because you're dumb doesn't mean you're not allowed to defend yourself. I, don't, like, I, even, I was thinking about this the other day, too. Like, when I was going down to the protests in the city of Detroit and the protests out here, like, in my hometown, my mom was, like, on the phone begging me not to go. She's like, Corey, <laughs> you don't know what could happen. There might something could go wrong. You don't know someone might get angry and turn on you because of the color of your skin. Whoa! And, it was like, and then she like, said <laughs> so like uh, she was just like she was freaking out. She didn't want her baby boy going down to the city where it could potentially turn sideways, as evidenced by the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. But Kyle Rittenhouse's mom was just like, "Yeah, sure, son. Let me just drive you into Kenosha." Well, and not only that, but can we can we acknowledge the fact? And 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 I'm not I'm not gonna say that this is right or wrong. But can we acknowledge the fact the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse going in there, def, you know, what what his defenders like to say is that he was 
defending these businesses and maybe he was like i'm not about to like speak to his motive or whatever like the left and right both like to do he went down there to kill people or he went down there to defend businesses but the 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 fact of the matter is you're a white dude that is you know has been seen kind of cleaning up the riot with a giant gun on your shoulders can we acknowledge the fact that you've pretty much turned yourself into a target for the rioters at that point is that okay to say Right. Am I allowed I to say so. that without the right freaking out on me saying <laughs> he did what he was supposed to do as a good American. You carry a gun everywhere. Like, it's so impractical. I love when people are like open carry. First of all, I've actually had tactical experts tell me this. Like open carry is a dumb fucking thing to do because yeah. you become a target. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're it's open like, carrying and uh, someone comes busting in the room to do something. And it's impractical as hell. You're going to go after the threat. Yeah, it's impractical. Like me with a CPL, like Mike, you don't know. You don't know. I'm just Exactly. That's the way it should be. Nobody should know you have a gun. That's why you got that right. CPL. Because you're not exactly. a target now. Exactly. I'm just a face in the crowd. But yeah, so Andrew Coffey got acquitted of charges of shooting police officers in self-defense within hours of the same time that, uh, that, um, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse did. And like, if not, like, here's my thing too. It's like, people aren't looking at the bigger picture of the whole aspect. These two cases, you know, mis- like America is based on common law when it comes to a lot of stuff like this. And what that means is like, we're based on laws of precedence. These two cases add groundwork for American citizens to defend themselves. And then they have a better chance of not getting strung up in the court system because they just did the simple thing of defending themselves. Now, I'm not giving people who go looking for trouble a pass and things like this. Like, for example, George Zimmerman's a piece of shit. Uh, That's someone who somehow got away with the standard ground law when he shouldn't. But uh, again, I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. A jury of his peers found him innocent. But cases like this set a precedence. So... If you or I ever got caught up in a scenario where we did have to defend ourselves, where it was our lives of someone else's life, there's less of a chance now that we will actually have to go to prison and do time for just the simple act of defending ourselves based on the precedence of these previous cases. And I don't think yeah. anyone's even realized that yet. That like black or white, Hispanic, Asian, anything, we... Now in America today versus three just three days ago, we have more legal justification to actually defend ourselves. Well, I think that's what you do too. When like when you're talking to someone and they go, uh, you know, and and they want to shit on the precedents that that Kyle Rittenhouse set for for you know a a a, a limousine liberal leftist reason. Uh, I, I'll say it a million times. These are not the people I identify with. Uh, when they say, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse is bad for this reason, and they give you a reason, I don't really care what it is. Uh, then you say, okay, well, what about Andrew Coffey, whose verdict dropped within hours? And th- and I guarantee you, most of them will go, who? Right. And that's not even to say that, like, oh, <laughs> racism is over in America. Andrew Coffey got off clear. We're not saying that at all. And I want to make that clear because people like to try to pigeonhole everyone whenever they make statements. But uh, 
what happened with Rittenhouse and what happened with Coffee is again, I'll just say it real quick is uh, the precedence it sets for black and white people is we can defend ourselves more. Like we can, we have more legal justification to defend ourselves. Very well. And uh, I forget, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure where you're going with that. I kind of just rounded it right back to what I was saying right before that. But Well, no, the, the, where I was going to go with it was like, so I, this is a great example of race baiting playing out yeah. on both sides, uh, you know, because like we uh, the, the, the race baiting on the corporate media side is super obvious right it started right from the beginning oh yeah if you didn't see it in this then i don't know what to tell you yeah any anybody that's 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 looked at this and 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 realizes like how this was reported from from jump street because they had me too like right i was i was like oh wow look at this piece of shit out there shooting fucking people at a at a what you i guess what you would consider a black lives matter protest that guy must be a racist they had me too i'm not even gonna lie like when this case first came out like when it first when it first dropped, the the uh, uh, the, the the days after the Kenosha unrest, they had me too. Uh, but seeing the way that it played out, like holy shit, that was like race baiting at its finest. Mm-hmm. And but the the right is no better when it this what this is what drives me so crazy about the the limousine liberal left and the far right it's like they always try to play like this moral high ground game with each other they all it, it, it's always who who has the higher you know moral high ground the, the the leg to stand on and neither of them do neither of them have any legs because all the right wants to do when it comes to this is make Kyle Rittenhouse a hero make him a martyr and and go see we owned you. We owned the libs because you're race baiting. Okay, so why don't you just take the victory and say, "Hey, this is reality." Like if if the right actually had the moral high ground, that's what they would do. Like, okay, this is what really happened, and you were wrong, and you have you have the ability to say that if you're on the right. And and how often does the right really have the ability to say that and have it be so open and honest? But no, they cannot just take their victory. And, and go home. They have to take it to a next step. They have to own the libs, right? So I'll give you a great example. I'm talking to people on Twitter about uh, the, the, the memes, right, of Kyle Rittenhouse when he was on the stand. There's been a million of them, right, of, of making fun of Kyle Rittenhouse and how he was fake. crying. Yeah, or whatever. And, and I cannot tell you how many people on the right are sitting there going, oh, my God, how dare these evil liberals Make fun of a a kid on the stand. When they dog shit Greta Thunberg for the last three years, and they dog shit Greta Thunberg in the in the same in the same instance of being a child who was misguided. Now, the defense from the right regarding that was so because there's always a way to explain it away, right? There's always right. a way to explain it away. Well, you know, Greta Thunberg wasn't uh, you know getting chased down by a cup by a by a bunch of savages and had to turn around and shoot. No, 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 no. We're not looking at this. In, in 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 specifics, we're looking at this in generalities, right? It's the same general concept, and that a and ch- that a misguided child did something that some would consider stupid because of the way they were brought up, or you know whatever it may be, and then used by adults to push a narrative. I can't believe you, you have the, to compare. You want the right are no fucking better. 
You're right. no better. Now they're out here, Corey. I'll, I'll let you go in a second because now they're out here and they're 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 throwing out memes about the the actual guys who died. And when you and when you point that out about how fucking awful that is, all they can do is say things like, "Oh, well, one of them was a pedophile, and the other one had a criminal record." And I go, "Okay." So that means they deserve to die and their families deserve for them to be made fun of. Right. They already, they, they all faced their day in court. They all did their time. They're supposed to be rehabilitated. I don't think they deserve, you know, you can honestly say they all died innocent people. Tried in a court of law before they were killed again. It's some moral high ground bullshit, man. Like neither of you have the moral high ground. And what's funny is like, there's always examples. There's continually examples of where like, the, the limousine liberal left and the far right could actually take the moral high ground. They have the opportunity to do so, and they don't fucking do it. Right. Like, why couldn't they, instead of getting all bent out of shape, race baiting with Kyle Rittenhouse, why aren't they cheering that a black man also? Why aren't they putting up Andrew Coffey on a pedestal like the right is? You know, it's funny. I think in private, I think in private, if you talk to people, because we go based off of what we see on social media and interactions that we have with people that we don't know. I think you might actually find that that's the case. I think you might actually find that it's, it's like, it's like, it's like I said, people that I've had good faith conversations with that think Kyle Rittenhouse should have been acquitted and the right decision was made. Everyone that I have had a good face, good faith conversation with has said, yeah, I think the guys that killed Ahmaud Arbery should go to fucking prison. Yeah, that too. That blows yeah. people's minds. That blows people's minds because how can both be this? How can they both happen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like most of the time that anyone I talk to, they're like, "Yeah, those people should fry." Who yes. did that to Matt Aubrey? Even and they know that it's racism, that, and it's just this is really the right ex- decision was made about Rittenhouse, right? Is what you're saying? Right. And this, uh, yeah, this is really kind of exposed the whole media narrative, and again and again and again, I cannot. Uh, Encourage our listeners to read Manufacturing Consent and Hate Inc. Uh, Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky and Hate Inc. by Matt Taibbi. Enough. You know, like, it just, it opens your eyes to, like, what exactly is happening right now when it comes to just this media, just bias and narrative. Like, when you watch, like, some of those news outlets from the left, they are stopping short of saying, we need to get out there and riot. Like, the way that they're just stoking this fire of all this misinformation and disinformation about Kyle Rittenhouse. Like you would people like I hear people say, Oh, he's a white supremacist. It's like on what planet? Like when have you ever found anything that alludes to the, to the, to you that he's a white supremacist? Because he was in a, a, I'm not, I will, I will say it how they would want me to say it because he was in a protest zone and not for the quote unquote right reasons. So were the the Koreans who were on top of their buildings during the LA riots in ninety two were they white supremacists also? When they had their guns up there to defend their building? Must you know what been. I mean? Like must have been. They must have been. Yeah. Must have been. It's just it's absolutely insane to me. Just like the the bias and like this narrative that they're trying to push. It's just sickening. When why can't they be excited about a win for Andrew Coffey and go, look, justice is served. Like we're getting strides in the right direction. But instead they just want to create. When the Arbery verdict comes down and we find out. I'm talking about the coffee. I understand understand what you're saying. 
to, to piggyback on that, now when the Arbery uh, uh, verdict comes down, how much how much time do you think it's going to get? In, in 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 mainstream media, it's not going to get that much because it's not, not much. Sexy. It isn't getting much because it's an open and shut case, and it's not. It's there's no there's no meat to it. There's no sizzle. There's no. There's and nothing there's, that's going to create divisiveness. Everyone no, knows that those yeah, guys are no pieces of division. shit. There's no racial right. division. Everyone, because yeah. everybody agrees. Even these so-called white supremacists on the on that you say are right wingers that that want uh, that wanted Kyle Rittenhouse to go free. Because he fucking should have gone free. This is coming from a leftist. I'll say it a thousand times. I am a leftist. And I think that Kyle Rittenhouse should have gone free. This is why people tell me I sound like Jimmy Dore. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, no, it kills me that we're not talking about Andrew Coffey more. That, that, like, I, it was, you know, I found out about that even. Uh, Somebody was making a post about uh, Rittenhouse and they were actually happy that he got let go. And then I comment on there, like basically just in a shortened version of what we're talking about on this show right now of how like, he's not a hero. He's not a white supremacist. He defended himself. And then someone responded with look up Andrew coffee, the fourth and sure as shit within a couple hours of the Rittenhouse case, a black man was acquitted on self-defense charges where he shot police because they broke into his house. But that doesn't it's fit like, the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative, man. It's 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 absolutely insane. And we're going to see probably ri- like I don't know if we're going to see riots actually. It's kind of seemed like it's calmed down pretty quick already. I haven't really seen anything about it. You know why? I, I think and and this is what is so great about new media and 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 where people are consuming their media now. Whether it's us, which I, I know we have a, a small audience, but like whether it's us or whether it's places like breaking points or whether you listen to Joe Rogan or, or Jimmy Dore or, you know, uh, the realignment podcast, whatever, any of this new media, I think more and more people are, are, are taking it in and, and they're, they're just, they're just tired of this shit. Like you still have it. It's still out there. You still have people that are indoctrinated into this nonsense. And then saying too, that uh, now all these like old corporatist media outlets are, uh, competing for numbers with the likes of Jimmy Dore and Breaking Points and Joe and Rogan. Joe like they're Rogan. getting more streams. They're getting more people watching them than these other channels are. Oh, yeah. like, <clears throat> And I love it. Nobody can compete with Joe Rogan. And I'll defend the guy till the day that I die. And, and Because whenever anybody shits on him, I always go, okay, why? Why don't you like him? Because he also, disagreed with me. Then go watch MSNBC or yeah, go they, watch Fox. Go sit in your echo chair. The only thing that like anybody can ever come up with, there's not, there's never anything of substance when they say it. They'll say right. things like, "Oh my God, he's a right winger," and then it's really easy for me to point out that he's not. He's like pro single payer healthcare and like a yeah, big yeah, time leftist. Not, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then and then it always ends up on. Well, I just don't like him. Okay, dude. Like I that's fine. I don't, don't like, like him. I don't really. Give if you a don't shit. like him, then you just don't like him. That's your opinion. But don't there, make there up are, these weird. Here's the, thing, here's the thing, Corey. There are a lot of people that are right that I don't necessarily like. I'll give you a great example. A great example to me is Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is, in my opinion, wrong often, but he's also actually right pretty yeah. often. I yeah, don't he doesn't, like I just he doesn't don't like lie. He just yeah. spins it yeah. anything to where it's for a, right, a conservative uh, news consumption. But... The reason why I even give him a pass on that is he calls himself conservative media. 
Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't try to play it off like he's just some unbiased source like MSNBC or Fox News or CNN or anything, which CNN used to be unbiased. And then Trump just broke them. Trump broke a lot of people. As a leftist, I can sit here and tell you definitively that if I could have Ben Shapiro on my show, I would take that opportunity in five seconds. Absolutely. I'd love to talk to that guy. I'd love to pick his brain. And honestly, like people would hear that and go, well, as a leftist, does that mean you would challenge him? And my answer would be, yeah, when I need to. But no, I'm actually just want to have a conversation with the guy. Like, right. is that okay? Am I allowed to want to do that? Because that's no. that's the whole thing with Joe you Rogan. Stay in that echo chamber. That's the whole thing with Joe Rogan, right? It's like, well, how could you give that guy a platform? I fucking love when he talks to Alex Jones. I absolutely right. love when he talks. To Alex. <laughs> it's insane. That is one of the most entertaining episodes ever, and it doesn't mean I love Alex Jones. We just had a <laughs> uh, a person comment. Uh, Clifton Couch said Ben Shapiro is my cousin. Really? <laughs> well, maybe oh. you can get him on the show. <laughs> We'd love to have him. We'd love to have him on the show. He's probably way too fucking busy for us. Oh, I bet. Yeah, our small, our small town show. That, that would actually bring me a, a a newfound respect for Ben Shapiro if he took a little bit of time out for the little. Guy. He said no. Does <laughs> <laughs> not want, want to talk to a leftist? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I ain't gonna drag my name through the dirt for you two ass clowns. <laughs> I don't blame him. I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> if Ben Shapiro were my cousin, I would have disowned him long ago. Would you have? No. <laughs> I don't even talk to my cousin anymore because he says mean things on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I forgot where we were going with this. Uh... Uh, we were talking about Andrew Coffey, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. That's right. um, I think we were kind of wrapping it up there. What do we got next? We got... Uh, we We... Actually covered a lot of the Ahmad Arbery case too. Oh, I wanted to bring up like the weird complexity of this judge. And this goes into kind of a little bit of a media narrative. You're talking so this, about the judge for the Arbery trial. Yeah, the defense attorney Kevin Go. He uh recently in the in the courtroom he said that this is a modern lynching uh for his clients because of all the uh black uh reverends and spokesmen for like NAACP and stuff coming into the courtroom and like he said that's going to influence the, uh, the outcome of the case and everyone's like that's just reprehensible and like I do too I think exactly I think it's absolutely the thing uh, I think it's insane to me that he would even say something like that but now here's what caught my interest that I thought was really really weird that makes this guy like kind of like interesting uh so in 2016, um, let me find it real quick. So he was appointed to the head of Brunswick. This is on AP News. He was appointed to head of the Brunswick Judicial Circuit Public Defender's Office in 2012, overseeing five counties in southeast Georgia, but was fired nearly four years later. In a dismissal letter in April 2016, then-executive director of Georgia Public Defender Council Brian Tyson wrote that Go's conduct and history of poor management decisions left Tyson no choice but to remove him, among other things. Tyson wrote in the nine-page letter, Go, engage in a media campaign designed either to secure your renomination or discredit the district attorney or both. So I looked into that, too. And so what he was doing, actually, was he was calling out the district attorney in those counties that he was sitting on cases and holding them hostage, that he had like 300 yeah. cases like from like the past like four years just sitting on his docket that he wasn't like bringing to the case. 
He said it was wasting taxpayer money and then violating clients' rights to a speedy trial. And so he, when he was let go, the Brunswick NAACP had raised concerns about the district attorney's office, and the day after his firing, Go threatened a hunger strike and lessened until the issues were addressed. The Reverend Zach Lid, who said he took complaints for the local NWACP at the time, strongly opposed Go and credited him with bringing in talented public defenders who were actually winning cases against the district attorney's office. So it just paints this guy like it's just nothing is simple. Everything is complex. And I just wanted to bring that up because like it's just having that context it sounds like the guy is just trying to win a case versus actually just being this like downright racist. And it just, it just blows my mind that it's yeah, just nothing, nothing is simple. Everything is complex. Like, <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like here he was pra- brain if you're talking about it now. Yeah, years ago, he was being praised by the NAACP for doing a great job, but now he's the defense attorney of the four racists who should probably be, given a uh, six-foot jump with a four-foot rope around their neck. Yeah, and it's not even like like they're high-profile people, right? So you could see, like, like a like like let's say a billionaire was accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery, right? Like, they would want to get a guy like that to make themselves look better in the eyes of N- N- NAACP supporters or, or what have you. But it's like, I don't really understand the incentive here. At this point, like right, of him saying case, that, yeah, yeah. In that case, in the case of a, of a billionaire hiring him to defend him in the same kind of situation, like at least he knows he's going to get paid. Like, what? but these three backwoods redneck <laughs> white trash inbreds <laughs> is the same here. That's really strange. Oh, isn't that weird? Like, that's what I've seen. Like, I I couldn't help but not bring that up because I dove into it a little bit, and I was like, like I'm sitting here reading this, going, what? <laughs> like, what? A hunger strike? NAACP loved the guy? <laughs> my, my, my head hurts. Right, yeah. Everything is complex, nothing is simple. We should open a new segment in the show called that. Everything is complex. But, uh, but yeah. I'm in. <laughs> Everything is complex. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that case is going to go so well for him regardless. No, of course not. Uh, you can't say that. You can't if use the does, word lynching problems when in the re- defense. Yeah, you can't use the word defense in a in a. Uh, or you can't use the word lynching in a defense when a trial is like literally about a lynching. Yeah, like oh, well, yeah, my clients may have like racistly killed a black man, but look at this. Now they're being lynched. So, yeah, it's kick rocks, bud. There goes your career. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, they didn't they didn't literally lynch him, but you guys are figuratively lynching my. <laughs> I mean, look at this. I mean, we got Al Sharpton in here. What is this, guys? Look at this. <laughs> this video of the jury is just like shaking their heads. It's like, oof. Good job, bud. I think that uh, I think the fact that they hired this guy actually helps the prosecution. In a lot well, because I guess apparently he's like actually a really good attorney. <laughs> I mean, I guess he would have to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess he like one cases. He's done a really good job and. You want to talk about the the Chilean election or Europe being? You know, you're going to have to explain that to me. It's it's okay. So it's really just a piggyback on kind of the the, the Nicaraguan um, election discussion that we had uh, actually just a few days ago. It wasn't even really last week. Um, 
when it comes to American interference in legitimate elections. Now, that's not the case in Chile just yet, but uh, the, the results might even be in, honestly, as they're sitting here at 835 on Sunday. Uh, I haven't really refreshed it yet, but that's not even really what's important. What's important about this election that's so interesting is that uh, this election is between a far-right candidate and an essentially leftist socialist candidate uh gabriel boric i don't even know it it sounds like he has like a fucking eastern european name doesn't really matter uh but he's the leftist candidate and uh what the hell's the other guy's name i already lost it the uh the far far right guy um you gotta have jose antonio cast that sounds right yeah yeah, yes okay so uh as of 33 minutes ago uh, Chile's far right cast leads the first round of presidential election as runoff looms, which yeah, that's that's what seemed to be uh, what was going to happen. But what makes this thing interesting to me, and what I feel like should make it interesting to thinkers, uh, is that this is an election that is like the almost the polar opposite of an American election, right? So like the Chilean election, you got far right, you got I'm pointing left and going right. You got far left, you got far right. <laughs> and those are the two candidates that are the that, that are the biggest that make the biggest difference. So th- that that have the biggest following, I should say. So think like think uh think Bernie Sanders and versus Donald Trump, right? Okay, nah, I guess you could... Donald Trump ain't that far right. Okay, so you want to say Rand Paul either way. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's just an eccentric centrist. We'll say Donald Trump for uh strategic effect. So you got the the farthest left and the farthest right candidate, and that's actually kind of what it seemed like in polling numbers, particularly in 2016, that people actually wanted. But no, what we always end up with is these, outside of the strangeness of Donald Trump, let's be honest, that was kind of an outlier from what we normally see, you always have the moderate uh, Democrat and the, the, the moderate Republican, and they're always trying to push that voter base toward the middle, right? And then you right. have the people on the fringes that just go ahead and endorse whatever candidate that it happens to be. We always end up with two bowls of shit, and we have to choose which bowl is smaller, or which one maybe smells better or tastes better, which one we'd actually like to eat. The Chilean election is the polar opposite of that. You're actually you actually have the far left and the far right up for election or that, that are actually have a chance to win. And you have the moderates that have to go out and choose which side they want to go towards, which I find fucking fascinating. So it looks like the far right candidate is going to win this deal uh, off rip, but it's going to be close enough to where there's going to be a runoff and the moderate candidates are going to have to choose sides here. Do you think, Corey, that that is a better way to run your politics from the outside in as opposed to the inside out like we do here? Because obviously the inside out shit doesn't work. Yeah, a little bit. So like you have to so wait, explain that part with the moderators again or the moderates again. The uh... So there, there are other candidates right. in this election. But it's the far left guy. So, like, let's the say far the far left and the far right guy are the ones that are it came down to. 
And we'll say that, that the couple of moderate candidates are like the Green Party and the Libertarians, right? Like candidates that have absolutely no chance of winning, but they're going to pull a certain percentage of votes, right? Right. Makes sense. So now these the, these moderate candidates have to uh, they, they they have to choose which guy they're going to endorse because there's going to be a runoff. What they oh, actually, so it's kind of it's it's almost like ranked choice voting. Kind of. I mean, no, it's just it's going to be a simple runoff. But like the people that voted for these moderate candidates are now going to have to choose a separate candidate. So yes, I, I guess if you want to, if you want to, it's like a full rank choice voting. I guess you would say. But yeah, because like so now it's going to vote again. Yes, for one of the two after it got to them too. Abs- yes. So now okay. the people that voted for those moderate candidates are going to have to choose which side they want to go towards. Do you think it's yeah. better to run run the elections from outside in as opposed to inside out like we do in America, which doesn't yes. work? Yes. Run them from outside in. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, so rank, it's kind of like ranked choice voting, but ranked choice voting, uh, you basically, you choose all the ones you want from first to last and you vote once and then it's on that versus having to go back to the polls over and over again, like in Chile. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent for that. Like you, you, you remove the choices and then you know what you come away with a more, representable candidate that everybody wants. You might get a couple of people who plug in their noses, but when it comes down to the last two, they still get their option in the last two versus just what we call the primaries here, which is a ridiculously fabricated thing that everyone pretends is actually real. But we've seen now, we've seen the last two years, look how they treated the outliers in the Democratic Party. The Republican Party actually does a better job with their primaries, as evidenced by an outsider like Trump getting in. But the Democrats, they just and then and then why are we not getting this uh, this sort of weird uh, push from the American government on the Chilean election, like they like we did in Nicaragua? Is it because we don't already have a stranglehold in that area of South America? Is it because they don't have the natural resources? that the corporatists would want to get a hold of like like we see in Nicaragua L- like so let's say the leftist the leftist guy gets elected and he he, he might i mean i have no idea i have no idea who's going to win this election i don't know that much about chilean politics but let's say the leftist guy gets elected we all know that the sanctions come down when uh leftist governments get elected in these sort of you know lesser well-to-do countries in in central and south america because these are governments that want to do well for the people, but the corporatists don't want that. We need to control the resources. We need to control the gasoline or whatever the hell resource happens to be coming out of that country that we need to get our hands on. So that's why you have what's going on in Nicaragua. I'm interested to see what happens in Chile. Should this leftist guy actually get elected? I'm already forgetting their names. Yeah. So, <clears throat> in 1973, uh, America applauded democratic practices in uh, the Chilean coup d'état. Coup d'état? So there, yeah, coup d'état. Hey, there was coup. a coup. Yeah, coup d'état was a military coup in Chile that deposed the popular unity government of President on 11th of September 1973 after an extended period of social unrest and political tension between opposition-controlled Congress and the socialist president. Oh yeah, so we're friends with them because they've been voting how we want them to. <laughs> <laughs> Is that fair to say? 
That's totally fair to say. Yeah, Nicaragua doesn't do it, and we're all of a sudden we're like, oh, Venezuela, Brazil. Yeah, all the countries we're real friends with that we did these coups in, we're friends with. But then if they don't do what we want, like Iran, all of a sudden they're our enemy. Nicaragua is getting sanctions. If you don't I let mean, our corporatists suck your uh, suck your resources dry, we're going to go ahead and launch a covert coup in your country and make sure that the leftist doesn't get elected. Exactly. Or that if the leftist does get elected, it's quote-unquote illegitimate, and we're going to sanction your ass. Yeah. Even though they're... Like it was Never like mind their, free their election was like <laughs> their election is literally like the best of both worlds of what the left and right in our country want. More it's fair like, than ours. Yeah. Very fair, very secure. Insane. It's absolutely insane, Dan. I'm interested. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna keep up on this. I'm I'm actually interested in Chilean politics now for at least the next <laughs> Yeah, South America is a trip because of the Monroe Doctrine. Do you remember me telling you about the Monroe Doctrine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, for everyone else that's listening, that if they didn't listen to the last episode, the Monroe Doctrine was put in in, like, the 18... Was it 1824? Uh, James Monroe, he put this doctrine in that he didn't want any of the old world empires screwing around in the new world, you know, South America. They didn't want any, like, Spain, Britain, you know, France. You were close, Corey. 1823. Yeah. One year off. And... uh so they, um, so James Monroe told all those countries basically, like, you know, don't come over here and mess around with these countries. Like, it's going to mess with our trade routes. It's going to mess with our country. It's going to, uh, in like, not in, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good word. Anyways, I'm not going to get hung up on it. They didn't want them to intervene in anything going on in South America and that we were going to defend them because it was for the stabilization of North America. And it was something that we've kept in place for a long time. So, like, when Nicaragua and all these different countries, when they had, uh, like, Russia trying to come over and mess with them, like, we immediately tried to do coups and we tried to do uh, revolutions and all sorts of stuff. We went all over the place trying to, like, make this, make the South a faux democracy for the name of American. American. I guess. Yep. Oh, my God. The computer's going ape shit. It's yeah, bringing up computers. It's bringing up Fox News shit. Why is it doing? That? Oh, jeez! <laughs> I knew it. And you're over here calling yourself a leftist. I just pretend. I'm just pretending to be a leftist. You're wolves and sheep's clothing. Yeah, infiltrate. I'm just trying to yeah, infiltrate. You're trying to infiltrate the left. You're gonna go over there and piss in their Cheerios, Dan. You're upside of lockdowns, Corey. They are. No one's talking about that, huh? I mean, it's out there. Forbes, Forbes, I think, was it Forbes that put the article out there earlier today? I don't remember what I saw, but it's out there. Uh, and then look, it's it, it's it's so simple, right? Because less and less, I, I am still seeing it, but I'm still see, I'm still seeing like the you know, do your part, go out and get vaccinated, make sure you get your vaccination and your booster shots, and. But also more and more, I'm hearing like, okay, I'm fucking COVIDed out, and we <laughs> that this like this isn't going away, and that's the truth. I mean, and that th that is the truth. And and I, I honestly, I don't mean to be a cliche because I, I fucking hate quoting Jimmy Dore directly because people compare me to him more and more as the days go on. Uh, but look, he's right when he says that 
to be in a pandemic, at least in a certain way, is a political decision. It is a political decision to be in a pandemic instead of recognizing that the pandemic is over. This is no longer a pandemic. This is now an endemic. This yeah, disease with is us. never going it's away. Kind of stuck here. This is it's, it's never going away. It's okay to go out and find treatments. We don't have to politicize those treatments. We don't have to, you know, accuse Joe Rogan of of eating horse paste. <laughs> Did you see the Saturday Night Live thing with the uh, no. the Saturday Night Live when they're making fun of Joe Rogan? There's Big Bird and uh, so see Big Bird and Joe Rogan. <laughs> no. Oh man. Let me see if I can find it. Sure, some of our listeners know what it is. Big Bird and Joe Rogan. Were they making fun of him for taking horse paste on yeah. Saturday Night Live? Oh my god! Yeah, dude, that's honestly why I can't watch the Michael Che special, the the comedy special, because like the and and maybe it's really funny, but like the first thing that Netflix shows you on the preview is, oh yeah, y'all are vaccinated. You got to be vaccinated to come to my special. Like that's the first thing that the preview on Netflix says. Who said this? This is on Michael Che, the guy who does Weekend Update now, the black guy that does Weekend Update on. on oh Saturday. Jesus! So yeah, he did. He had a comedy special on Netflix, and the first thing in the preview that Netflix shows you is you got to be vaccinated to come to my special. But, all right, that's cool. But uh, let me see if I can get need, this to play. No need to virtue signal on Netflix. Just saying, it's so bad, dude. Did you just say virtue signaling. That's what people say. They just say that now. The person on the right actually looks like a pretty good uh, Ted Cruz, actually, with his stupid beard. Yeah, I was just going to say, is that Ted Cruz? And then Pete Davidson plays Joe Rogan? Yeah. Even though Pete Davidson's like seven feet taller than Joe Rogan. Oh, this is going to be some stupid cut. It's not even going to be the clip. Uh, Fuck you, USA. That's going to be dumb. Yeah, it's stupid. (laughs) Let me close that out. I can believe it, though. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, it is, it was dumb. The guy's like, "Why would I take horse dewormer, Joe Rogan? I'm a bird." And he's like, "Well, I'm a human." And it's like, "You guys are just so fucking stupid." <laughs> just like in the United States, it's not even close. Dude, I don't get what the hell happened to Saturday Night Live. It's just going down the tubes, man. They've just it, fallen it, for the same shit. It's been. It super used to be woke. so fucking good. It's been super woke for. Since 2016, Trump broke their brains, too. Do you remember the first Saturday Night Live after Trump was elected in 2016 and Kate McKinnon was out there on the piano talking about how the world was over? Like, yeah, someone was was, they were apologizing, saying we're all in this together like they fucking it was like 9-11 again. And then you had Dave Chappelle come out and go, I think we need to give him a chance. And then and at the time, like maybe Dave was right. But then. Dave was very quick to say when everything was getting close to being over that he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Hey, we gave him a chance and he fucked it up. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Yeah. That show is so bad. Like it went from fucking like, do you remember like the old, the old uh, Sunday live, like pussy whip whipped cream for food for cats. Like it went from like that to like that, that, Big Bird bullshit. Like, oh my god. So dumb. I'm not offended so by dumb. it. But I'm not offended by it, but I'm not going to watch it. Right. Yeah, I don't. It's, I haven't watched that show in forever. Nope. 
Uh, you got anything else for us, Corey, before I get to my monologue? Um, you know, we're 54 minutes in. I can sh- I can save. I'm sure I have an article about Biden's poll numbers trailing, but I'm sure those aren't going to change anytime soon. So we can talk about that next week. Fair enough. Um, Biden's digging into uh, the emergency oil stash, trying to lower gas prices. Well, it's about time. Oh, so right. now he's gonna he's gonna give away all our gas just in the name of lowering gas prices? Is that what you're telling me, Corey? Yep. That's what he's gonna do. Oh. He's gonna use it all up. So when we need it, it's gonna be gone. That's what it is. It's got to be something. He's doing it on purpose because then it's gonna force us to go green. It's all part of his plot. There's got to be a conspiracy there. Oh, just wait. I'm sure that's going to come up. (laughs) I guess China is actually considering it, too. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as as I always said about Trump. It's like, oh, my God, there's so many reasons to hate on that guy. And nobody ever picks the right one. (laughs) I know. It's the same thing that happened with Trump. It was it's all. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was all about just wokest things. It's the same with now the right does it with Biden. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's much. so many legitimate things to hate about him. Like, why, why actually hate him on fake shit? Like, like and then, no, but the things that they want to throw out there are things like uh, the reconciliation bill is wokeism run amok. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? It's just shit that people want, and shit that. Well, at least the original one was. I'm still pissed about the reconciliation bill because of what actually happened to it. But from the start, it was just shit that people actually wanted, like fucking healthcare and like being able to go to work and having their child taken care of without having to spend a year's salary on it. Like it's that kind of stuff. Right. Wokeism. Run amok. Fucking woke. It sounds like a Sean Hannity title. You'd see at the bottom of his page when he's sitting there talking with his neck fat. Careful. Vibrating you, as he's got talking. A poster behind you. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard, she, she loves Sean Hannity. Now you don't know that. You know that. Mm-hmm. No, Mm-mm-mm. I'm not buying it. Our Democratic correspondent was recently saying, he goes, yeah, Tulsi's a right-wing conservative now. I was like, I don't know, man. Well, you it's know. Like her voting record definitely says something different. She she did talk about, uh, what was it, uh, uh, birth birth to grave. Uh, uh, yeah, the enabling, yeah. Elements. Well, birth to grave. She's not I mean, lying. It is a right-wing talking point. It is a right-wing talking point, but I can personally attest to people that I know that are like second, third generation just living off the government. I'm not knocking them for it. They need the help, but it's like, how about we just do something to get them off that teat? She was, she was saying how birth to grave entitlements are bad. That's a right wing talking point. Right. I'm saying that it's not necessarily good. I'm saying that we, what we need to do is reform some of these programs to get people off the government's teat and give them all the tools necessary to be able to be on their own and independent. Which is what you think she's saying. I hope. <laughs> we'll I, find out soon enough. We'll that, find out soon that, enough, because if that, not, I'm, that poster is coming down. I'm waiting for the day that poster comes down. You think it's going to come down? I don't know. It might. Who the hell knows? At this point, she might have no choice but to go right wing, because nobody else wants anything to do with her. If she was right wing, she'd be the most sensible right wing person there. I don't know. Ben Shapiro. Oh, he's <laughs> there. <laughs> are you ready for this i'm ready for this are you ready All for right. this <sighs> the kyle rittenhouse verdict and the 2022 midterm elections when you hear the name kyle rittenhouse 
What's the first thought or emotion that comes to your mind? Perhaps it's thoughts of patriotism and justice for Kyle Rittenhouse being a hero for defending his community, being made a martyr and having his freedom rightfully reinstated with a well-deserved gut punch to the woke race-baiting left. Or maybe it's thoughts of hate, rage, and anger because Kyle Rittenhouse is a quote-unquote white supremacist that was looking for blood on that fateful night in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And was set free by a racist, by a racist justice system in the name of white privilege. When you're challenged on your thoughts about Rittenhouse, how do you respond? If you're on Team Kyle, maybe you say, <laughs> I heard that. If you're on Team Kyle, maybe you say that, quote, he was a good kid with a good heart that was trying to defend the community he worked in from savage rioters that were trying to tear it down completely rejecting the notion that a 17-year-old child who carries a gun into a riot zone is probably making a bad decision for his life and future. If you're on team white supremacy as rampant in America, sorry, that uh, doesn't quite go as softly as team Kyle, uh, you, you, may, you may say that white people only carry guns to a protest so they can kill people of color and their allies, or that you only shoot people because you plan to do so with no acknowledgement of the fact that self-defense is still a possibility. Even if the person claiming it made a bad decision that led him to have to defend himself in the first place, there's no winner here. There's no nuance here. Two people lost their lives that day that shouldn't have. And you can save the fact and the ad hom arguments about one victim that was a registered sex offender or another that also had a criminal history. These men had their day in court for their crimes. The courts, the same courts that Kyle Rittenhouse defenders are touting so highly for the justice that Kyle received in his acquittal. You can save the fact that Kyle Rittenhouse, quote unquote, brought a gun across state lines. It's interesting that people care about borders when it fits their narrative. None of this matters when you're dealing with an event that never should have happened in the first place. Jacob Blake never should have had his life almost taken by police. Riots never should have taken place in Kenosha. And none of these men should have felt the need to be there at all. The arguments are a mirage, a distraction from a deeper issue. Americans are pissed, and they have every right to be. It's time to direct that anger at the right people. Maybe you've heard me say that before. The attitude, talk, speculation, and lies surrounding the Kyle Rittenhouse case are a precursor to what we can expect to, to see at least in the next two election cycles if we don't decide to be better and more thoughtful. There's absolutely no question that establishment politicians on both sides will make it about race and identity. Democrats will tell you that you have to elect them because if you don't, you'll be contributing to white supremacy and anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric. Republicans will tell you that you have to elect them because they're going to save the country from socialism and woke policy. All while neglecting the things that the American people actually fucking care about. Simple polling will tell you that the number one issue on the minds of Americans of all demographics is the economy is their number one concern. Why? 
because all Americans want their lives to be the best that it can be. They want things like opportunity, fair wages, lower taxes, and high-functioning infrastructure. Will we see the politicians running for office focusing on these things? Maybe for a short time during a campaign, but only as it ties to identity politics. But you'll mostly hear talking points about, quote-unquote, the woke left destroying the possibility of getting America back to, to an imaginary utopia of years gone by. And Trump supporters are uh, Trump supporters' evil need for a more white America. It's all window dressing, it's fear tactics to distract you from asking for to, to prevent you from asking about getting what you really want. Those people over there are evil. The Rittenhouse trial and the upcoming election cycles have the same issue. Nobody's talking about what matters. Why, why, why are we here? When will we start holding the right people accountable? The media, the establishment politicians, and social media. If I sound like a broken record in my monologues, it's by design. We've been trained to explain away nuance. When nuance is gone, there's no meaningful discussion. When there's no meaningful discussion, there's only groupthink. When there's only groupthink, America loses. I, for one, am not comfortable being a loser. I, I agree with basically everything you're saying. It is. It's all a bunch of just groupthink. This The Rittenhouse trial is exactly the perfect example of it. And we said that earlier in the show about how like, if this doesn't remove the veil of just how divisive and how the rhetoric from the mainstream news sources is by design just to get clicks and garner views for money, then I don't know what is going to make people realize that. But also also how you're tricked into thinking that it matters. Yeah, all of a sudden it matters. How you're tricked into thinking that the verdict of the Kyle Rittenhouse case is somehow this is somehow this gonna gonna cause this existential change for better or worse, depending on what side you're on. At the end of the day, this fucking case doesn't matter to anyone in our everyday lives at all for any reason other than what you just said what you said earlier in the episode, Corey, which also applies to the coffee case which is that it sets a nice precedent for the for the upcoming days, months, and years that we are allowed to defend ourselves. Yes, yeah. that is important. But that would have happened, that precedent would be set regardless of whether or not we sit here and piss and moan and bitch at each other about what's racist and what's not racist and, and all the outside nonsense that doesn't fucking matter. Right, because those, those jurors and those court decisions were made objectively. They weren't made on what the media, the media narrative told you. You know, you could, for example, you could compare this to the, uh, the rigged election in 2020, right? The media could say whatever they want. And it was the same thing based on which side of the media you were listening to. It was either rigged. The whole thing is rigged. We need to go into the January 6th. We need to go into the Capitol and take it back. Or this was the most secure election of the entire world. What are you talking about? And it's, uh, Oh man, I lost my train of thought there. I was on I a mean, roll too. I mean, but I, what I'm saying, I'm saying there's like the media narrative of it. But like, oh, so I'm sorry. Yeah. So 
The media could say whatever they want. Both medias were saying this, but objectively, in the courts of law, is when it went from court system to court system to court system, from circuit courts to Supreme Courts, they looked at the evidence objectively, and guess what? It doesn't matter what Fox News says or Newsmax or OAN. That election wasn't rigged. Or CNN or MSNBC either. That Trump appointed said that it wasn't rigged. His own AG said it wasn't rigged. His VP said it wasn't rigged. Because they weren't following just these media hot-button talking points. They were talking about evidence that they had displayed right in front of them. Same thing happened with the Kyle Rittenhouse case. And it's all and it all and the Andrew Coffee case and the Andrew Coffee case and it's it's it all ties together it's it it all ties together because like the the bullshit that we were dealing with surrounding the Rittenhouse case is that Rittenhouse was a distraction but it all dude it all stems from people's brains being broken by Trump that's that that is where it all that's where everything comes from it really is crazy that this fucking small-handed billionaire idiot can 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 break people's brains to such a degree that it has completely destroyed our discourse and like that's all right that's yeah, big swig dude that, that's what i want to get back and like i i i'm i don't mean to be like a doomer when it comes to this but like i i cuz because I, I i do see it I, I more and more i am able to have good faith conversations with people uh, but it's 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 still just like it it it's just this this idea of the other. It's those it's those people over there. And you know what you know what's funny too is like I say people's brains are broken by Trump, but I leave out the fact that the lipstick limousine liberal left Democrats. The uh, woke moderates, as people like to call them now, so I think it's a great fucking word for them. Uh, they didn't make it any better. When you have Hillary Clinton going out there and saying that it's voters' faults, voters, it's the voters' fault that Trump right. lost, you are not helping the fucking situation. Or voters' fault that Trump won. Uh, that's what I meant. Yeah, that, that, uh, that, that Democrats lost. Yeah. Well. Oh yeah! At this point, it's so funny. Like I'm past that because in 2016, I was told it was my fault that Trump won, and in 2020, I was told it was my fault that Biden won because <laughs> I vote third party. There's just there's there's no accountability. There's absolutely no nuance, and I'm I'm hoping that you know new media like we're trying to participate in, and and obviously others that are far better than we are. I'm we'll hoping get there, that there's going to be well, yeah, but I'm talking about where we are right now, here right now, in our shoestring budget. You see these rubber bands holding up my screen <laughs> pop. <laughs> we've we've got an okay following, but we're certainly not on the uh, on the level of of some others. But it, it doesn't matter. It, I don't care if one person listens to this and uh, and understands what we're trying to say. It's it's just I just want to have those those good nuanced conversations again. Right. It's just, yeah, we try to dive deep into it where it just, everything is complicated. I mean, look what I was just telling about that, that go guy, Goff, or whatever his name is, that, that, uh, defense attorney for oh, the three the racists yeah. in the Ahmaud Arbery case. The guy was doing a hunger strike with the NAACP. They loved him. Yeah. <laughs> and now this is happening. Now he's defending three guys that murdered a black man in cold blood. <laughs> yeah. This is insane. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm doing our have, best. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I'm good on this end. 
before we let the people go for uh, Thanksgiving, uh, tell the I guess tell the people where they can find us on social. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be in Florida, so soaking in the summer waves. Florida, thank God. That's right, that a beautiful man, that Ron DeSantis. <laughs> you left this as what? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Um, yeah, go ahead and follow us and like our stuff. We're on Facebook at Libservative. We, uh, we're on Instagram at Libservative Pod. We're on Twitter at Libservative Pod. We're on WordPress where you can re- you can catch our monologues that we read at the end of our shows, like the transcript forum at libservativepod.wordpress.com. Go ahead and join our social media pages. We're trying to build a little community. You know, we post things, we engage with people and talk to everyone and really try to get everyone's thoughts. That's what this is really about. We're trying to just help recalibrate the social uh, moral compass, I guess, in America. I'll help you out, Corey. Trying to make thinking sexy again because it's hard to think when you let the corporatists do it for you. Exactly. I'm getting better at spitting that line out. Oh, uh, libservative at gmail.com or libservativepodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us. Let us know what you think. Give us your hate mail. Give us your best shot. We won't turn it over to the FBI like... uh, the school boards are. <laughs> I thought about bringing that one up. We can bring that one up next time. The teacher's all pissed off about how the schools are doing that to them, and then they just turn it over to the FBI, and now they're putting tabs on just innocent parents who are pissed off about the curriculum their kids are being taught. It's like, what exactly does the FBI do? I can't help it. <laughs> well, all right, Dan, I think I'm good to go over here. All right. By the way, it's libservativepod at gmail.com. Don't fuck that up. Libservativepod at gmail.com. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Trying to make thinking sexy again. It's hard to think when the corporatists do it for you. He's Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you after the holiday. We love you, and we're out of here. Peace. Peace.